Have you seen my copy of The Nation? Yep, it's under my stack of Sean Hannity books. Uh, He's a troglodyte. Well, The Nation is a crock of liberal pap. Hey, at least they're sticking up for Chuck Hagel. Yeah, who was probably paid by North Korea to undermine our defense capabilities. Are you really spouting back that nonsense from oh, Ted Cruz? I love Cruz, how you're supporting a, total a guy crazy who wants to person. work with Iran. He wants to work Are with Iran. Are you going to talk over me? Is that how this works? Yeah, until you start making oh, you sense. you disgust me. You disgust me. <sighs> you feel like fooling around? No, don't touch me. Go get really hot over Mona Charon, you sicko. (laughs) I have, and I will, and it's your turn to unload the dishwasher. You know what? Good, because I'd absolutely rather unload the dishwasher than have sex with you. Because the dishwasher is not full of crazy people-hating ideas. No, because it's full of dishes. (sighs) Want to watch Walking Dead afterwards? Totally. Zombies unite us. I love you. I love you, too. Today Today on the the show, show, what's what's it like to be sleeping sleeping with with the the enemy, enemy, politically speaking? speaking? And now he's still smarting from his failed relationship with Kate Bailey Hutchison, Colin McEnroe. I don't like to talk about it, uh, but we're going to have to talk about things like that here today because uh, that is, in fact, the focus of our show. Uh, we're going to spend some time uh, talking to people who are in marriages where one person is a Democrat, the other is a Republican. Towards the end of the show, we're also just to sort of uh, just for a change of pace right at the end of the show, we'll talk to a Lutheran who's married to an atheist, you know, just to sort of break up the, the rhythm here a little bit. But right now we're uh, here with uh, Cynthia Farrer. She is the producer of Purple States. Well, it's a little bit more complicated than that. In 2006, she launched Purple States, a video production company that brings the voices and experiences of ordinary people into the coverage of politics and policies that affect them. And for then very specifically, she got interested in um, these these kinds of couples. Uh, and one of these kinds of couples is sitting right here in the studio. <laughs> April Shines and Otis Dancy are with us. You're going to meet them in just a second. You'll meet uh, another uh, so-called purple couple uh, as we go on here. We'd love to have you participate, too, either in the form of your stories about trying to uh, merge your personal lives despite uh, different political belief systems or your simple uh, expressions of astonishment that this can happen. Uh, and uh, either way, you may tweet us at WNPR Colin as we go along. So, Cynthia, I'm going to begin with you. Um, uh, I, I just attempted to summarize uh, using actually your own materials what it is that you're <laughs> doing, but um, maybe you can uh, give us more of a sense of this. How did you get interested in the whole idea of couples where there are sort of opposing political viewpoints? Mm-hmm. Well, one reason I started Purple States was because I thought that ordinary people deserved to be heard mm-hmm. on the issues that affect them and on politics. Um, and that it was important to bring different points of view into the same space, which doesn't happen as much as it should anymore, at least in a civil way. And red and blue couples occurred to me because early on I encountered people who were very interested in purple states precisely because they were part of such a couple. Um, And as um, we moved from 2008 towards 2012, partisanship was getting so intense that this seemed like a really interesting way to see whether ordinary people actually can make um, connections across difference that our elected officials seem to have such trouble doing. You know, this might be a, a question more appropriate for later in the show after we've talked to Otis and April and some of the other people, but I'll ask it now anyway, because I, I think for a lot of people, for me, uh, I, I'm sort of in that um, category of I could never, you know, I mean, I think I spent one night at a political convention dancing with a young Republican woman. That's about it for me. I've just never had a relationship with anybody who wasn't a Democrat and probably a pretty little liberal Democrat at that. So I'm probably in that I could never category, except but I'm wondering now that you've had all these conversations, when you hear somebody say I could never, do you think, oh, yes, you could. You just haven't met that person. Yes, I do think that. 
Because part of what comes across, I think, in the video that we produced with these five couples is that there is something in the other person that they really get and they resonate with. And somehow, I mean, one of the things we might talk about is whether that's connected to the political difference or whether it's that it's somebody's temperament or it's somebody's values in a way that aren't reflected in the political difference. Well, there's no reason to leave this at the, in the realm of, ex- of abstraction. We have, um, we have a couple right here. Uh, although I keep saying April Shines is now hidden by a computer monitor. I, I can barely uh, see her over there, but I know you're there. I uh, think that was purposely done. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so, April, I'm going to start with you. First of all, prior to meeting Otis, were you an I could never? Would you, were you somebody who couldn't imagine yourself in a relationship with a Democrat? Uh, actually, no, uh, because I'm an African-American female. Mm-hmm. Uh, the likelihood that I would find <laughs> another African-American Republican right. is slim to none. So I always understood that my dating pool would have to include uh, liberal liberal Democrats. So I think where uh, Otis and I differed was uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. But (laughs) but you had other things. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Even beyond that. Otis, how did you guys meet? Uh, Actually, we met in a nonpartisan race in a um, city race. I was working for uh, somebody running for council president, and she was working for somebody running for city council. Mm -hmm. And actually, I've been working the... uh, campaign circuit for a long time and hadn't seen this pretty lady before. So my um, first thought was, okay, who's this? <laughs> <laughs> and what did you do about that first thought? Um, well, actually, actually, as she says, we were both handing out literature, and I sort of followed her around handing, the, handing out the literature. And then the candidate that she worked for, I actually knew personally. So as they were leaving, I sort of act like, acted like I was trying to have a conversation with him when I was really just trying to ask him who she was. <laughs> And did, April, did you get what was going on here? Uh, not initially. It went over my head. Um, <laughs> I, I knew that this, this man was following me, and uh, I knew that he kept staring at my shoes. So I thought maybe he thought I had nice feet. <laughs> and as I was walking, I, I saw he talked to my candidate, and he talked to a, several other staff members. And, again, when I'm working, I'm just in that zone. So uh, someone else said, you know, I think he likes you. No, 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 not him. He's not looking at me. He just wants to network. That's I've, But yeah, two weeks later, we talked, and, and then he asked me if I was interested in, in talking about politics over coffee. And I said, well, aren't we talking about politics now? Wait, are you asking me out? He says, "Duh." So, yeah, that was that was again that conservative yeah, part had, of me. It just went over my head. Yeah, I kind of had to, <laughs> I, I kind of had to spell that out for her. Yeah, because it went over my head. Because she kept going, "Well, we can talk about politics now," and I said, "Excuse me, I'm asking you out on a date." <laughs> and how long between that and your first argument about politics? Well, it, it sort of had to wait because of the fact that we were like that race was nonpartisan. Yeah. It, ro- it wasn't until about 2010. When I think we had the uh, governor's race, mm-hmm. and and I think and I think that's when the uh, partisanness started to started to begin, and and so, um, but but you must have known anyway, pretty much from the get go. I mean, just as you began sharing your lives and details of your lives, uh, April, you must have known there were some stark political differences. Foundationally, we actually don't have a lot of political differences. I think. The differences that we have may be on how to govern with leadership, um, but foundationally we're actually very similar. But uh, we talked about our differences from the very beginning. He knew that I was Republican. He mm-hmm. knew that my I come from a mainly Republican family, and he looked at me as if I were a unicorn. <laughs> and 
he continued to date me anyway because he just thought I was that pretty. You know, um, <laughs> the uh, we'll come back to that because I think that's a <laughs> it's sort of an interesting difference between men and women. I think um, I, I could be wrong about that, but I just want to go back to that word foundationally used. Explain more what you meant about because I think this is important in terms of I think what Cynthia is working at and and in terms of this story overall. When you say foundationally, you guys are similar. What do you mean by that? I mean that our our faith is very uh, important to us. Mm-hmm. Although um, I'm Southern Baptist and he's Catholic. Mm-hmm. The fact that, <laughs> again, one of those many differences, <laughs> we've learned uh, that faith is important to us. We have uh, values where we prioritize one another's uh, goals and careers. Uh, we, we, we value our honesty with one another. Uh, we also have always, and I, and I love this about him, when we're going to do something, we try, and he had to get used to this because he was used to just bulldozing through and doing it on his own. But he had to take it into account there was another person, another person attached to each and every decision that he made. And so it had to be done with us in mind. And everything that we've done, even besides uh, the political format, but keeping those those standards for us to maintain our relationship as a couple, that's where we started off foundationally. You know, it seems to me that when you enter into a relationship like this one, the two of you probably work out your own separate piece about this, you know, and and maybe it's not always peaceful, but it's mostly peaceful. And you you learn to understand one another. Mm -hmm. I would think one of the times that it might get a little bit more complicated is if you're at a dinner with all of her Republican friends or you and she are out bowling with all your Democratic friends and certain things get said because people tend to talk like, you know, we're all the same. Right, know? right. Um, and so how, how do you guys handle a situation like that? Well, well, that well, that did happen to me because one Regularly, time. Regularly, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. one time, uh, I think one time especially I think of is when um, they had a uh, big Republican meeting in, uh, in Georgia. I believe it was in Macon. And she yeah. took and she and she took me with her, and it she's w- having flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, because 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 it was not fun for me. I mean, some of the some I mean some of the discussions, and I would and I would talk to them, and she would sit there going, "Oh God, please be calm, please, please don't, don't blow up." <laughs> don't, I mean, don't, he was breaking don't out don't in don't highs. Blow up, don't blow up. Don't, you know, he and was itching, and, and then because I was so I was so outnumbered, and then her you know her friends would we would talk about um you know just some of the hot button issues. And I and and I'd sit there, and she would like grab me and go, "Okay, you're you're in my field. Don't say anything. Don't say anything." Don't and say and anything. then they would look at him and say, "Oh, she's not with him." And they'd sit next to me and try to talk to me as if as if they could ask me out on a date. Like, "Hey, you know, liberal uh, conservative sister, you're, that guy looks like he's a liberal. You're you're not talking. No, really, he's my fiance." <laughs> Gonna need you to move over before he dots your eye. <laughs> but I've had experiences like that with him. His best yeah. friend is atheist, mm-hmm. and we spent uh, Christmas. <laughs> so my our lives just reflect that on yeah. a, on a regular basis. We we teach solidarity. And also, and also when I start when I first started, um, you know, dating her, you know, in Atlanta, most of my friends are, um, you know, they're all Democrats, mm-hmm. and 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 they're all like. Wondering if I'm going to start all of a sudden working for Republican candidates now, if she's going to talk me into doing that. Because he's that easily brainwashed. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, we, we're going to have lots more of uh, Otis in April, but before we do that, uh, let's hear from uh, one of Cynthia Ferrer's uh, other couples. Uh, this is Don and Ann. We talked to them a couple of days ago. 
One of the so-called uh, purple couples is Don Weinbach and Ann Renolson. Uh, they're joining us. They're joining us by phone right now. And I'm going to get uh, Ann. Maybe you you can start out by telling the story. First of all, which one of you is the liberal? Which one of you is the conservative? I'm the liberal. All right, Don. Has this always been the case? Have you always had differing political beliefs, or is this something that evolved over time? Well, we've only evolved over the last two years, so... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you're still evolving. Yeah, exactly. We're evolving, but um, I have evolved myself from a Democrat when I was uh, 18 years old and then uh, am now a Republican, so I I call that a great evolution. And when you met Don, he, he had done this evolution. How soon did you know that was the case? I mean, did it come up right away, or did you get to know each other in other ways for a while? How soon did I know that he had unevolved, or, or, or that he had, he, or that he just had different, different? Uh, <laughs> I like that term, but uh, you know, just how soon did you know that he had a different political mindset from yours? Oh, pretty much immediately. It was pretty apparent, and and I think it came up actually in a phone conversation we had. I think before we even had our first date, we had very clear clearly different opinions about education reform and it was almost a deal breaker yeah we almost didn't go on the first date because we had an argument about teacher unions <laughs> what was the what was the first date well our first date uh was at actually the bedford post inn which is in westchester new york mm-hmm. um really beautiful little spot one of my favorites and we met for dinner and drinks on the patio it was the beginning of summer and it was a really wonderful first date. And even after we'd had that discussion where, you know, I was thinking, "Mm, I don't know about this after the first date, I was pretty sure I wanted to get to know him better. And so on the first date, uh, Don, based on the previous phone conversation, did you guys either consciously or or on an unspoken basis for that first date, did you mainly talk about movies and uh, and stuff like that rather than get into stuff that you already yeah, know? I think I, I think I was very diplomatic. I wanted to make sure that uh, I got to know her better on, on a different level. Yeah, I would say that I definitely consciously avoided going to any of those topics based on the conversation we'd had previously. You know, on the other hand, when I hear about couples who have different political mindsets, my immediate assumption, and I think it's wrong in your case, but, but you'll, you'll correct me if it is. My immediate assumption is, well, these are people for whom politics just isn't that really important. There's a whole range of other things that, that are more important. But my sense of you guys, even in this limited exposure, is that that's not the case. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Politics are very important to both of us, and we're both very, very passionate about our beliefs. And But I think what's interesting about it is that it sparks a lot of very feverish discussions. And you know, sometimes we have to agree to disagree, but, you know, it's you need to listen to the other side. And when you're married to someone who's on the other side, you know, you, you have to wake up with them day in, day out. And so it provides, like, a really important dynamic in the relationship, which I think would be beneficial to our uh, Congress, to be honest with you. Yeah, Colin, there are a lot of teachable moments, and I'm bringing her along slowly but surely. <laughs> what, was, what was the wedding like? Uh, we actually got married here at home uh, right after the hurricane, believe it or not. So we have a beautiful uh, piece of property here in Westchester, and we uh, have a pond out back, and we had a very intimate ceremony with family only, and it was just a beautiful morning after a uh, terrible ordeal uh, that week, and uh, our generator was humming in the background uh, 
but nonetheless, it was uh, a great day and something we'll remember forever. I guess the reason I asked, too, is I did uh, many, many years ago cover the wedding of then-Congressman Toby Moffat from Connecticut, who's uh, mm-hmm. certainly uh, a, a pretty ultra-liberal congressman, and he married a woman of similar political disposition, I think, but she was from a Jesse Helms Republican family in North Carolina. I went down to North Carolina to cover the wedding, and it was like a real clenched teeth thing. <laughs> I mean, they were they were just, you know, I mean, they were going to do it and they were going to be polite about it, but you could it was shining through at times that politically there was a real big difference. Sounds like your wedding small enough so that maybe the political side of it wasn't really a big deal. Yeah, I don't think politics played a role that day, right, Ian? No, I wouldn't say so. Yeah. One sense I'm getting from you is that one of the ways you deal with this is through senses of humor. I mean, I hear you kind of teasing each other. I, I think sense of humor is, is so important, you know, in all areas of life, but in particular in this part of our lives. Don frequently, you know, he wakes up and he starts reading the paper and he goes into what I call his rant. He just starts ranting about various <laughs> things. So my way of dealing with that, frankly, is actually just not to respond in that moment. And often then I will just comment on his ranting. And so that it does frequently end up with us laughing because we know that he likes to rant and then I like to come at it from a very different way. (laughs) But I tell you what, Colin, uh, and I'll be very serious for a moment. I I think that we, uh, and I think this is a good lesson for the country, I think we tend to agree more than we disagree in the final analysis. Uh, We have very much of a common sense viewpoint and there's not a lot of common sense going on out there. I think the political parties are so polarized Mm-hmm. Um, that they're, frankly, they're losing people like Anna and myself. I think she was a devout Obama supporter in 2008. I think she was wavering this time around. I've been a Republican since, um, you know, probably the mid-1980s. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, I'm thinking about being an independent. Um, I think the parties are turning people off. And, and that's more something that you, Don, attribute to the actual political climate as opposed to your purple marriage. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Anne has had yeah. no influence over you whatsoever. Oh, no, 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 not, not at all. In zero, fact, you know, we'll, we'll continue to disagree, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. But I think we agree on where we need to go. We need to, you know, straighten out. We need to be more fiscally uh, prudent. But, you know, it's just a matter of how you get there, you know, what the ways that you get to the, the end goal is where we disagree. But uh, I think that we have probably a higher level conversation um, and we do try to make it humorous. But I think we have a higher level conversation than they do in Washington. And would it almost be fair to say, and this is a serious question, is, is it almost a little bit more exciting because you do have this difference? You kind of got something to spar about that, you know, is going to be at some level entertaining? fair to say. I think that, you know, it's not certainly not something I would have ever thought necessary for a recipe for a successful or happy relationship or marriage. But I would absolutely say the fact that we we have something that, you know, we can really spar at at a deep level and, and feel passionate about and yet still come together. Yeah, I would say that that gives the whole thing a little more depth and fire. 
Let me just ask you one more thing about that, um, because we know how that first phone conversation went. But let's say that you never heard Don's voice. You hadn't seen him and, and seen what an incredible baby he is. And, and all you heard about was, well, there's this guy and, and he's this and he's that. But he is a Republican. He's pretty conservative. Would that almost be a, have been a deal breaker for you to even make the first phone call? Absolutely. Definitely. In fact, as a matter of fact, I, what I can tell you is that I went through a internet dating phase, you know, uh, when I was single, and it was something that I tried, but absolutely when I was looking at profiles, um, I wasn't seeking anyone who wasn't a Democrat or a liberal. Would you have been in the same way, Don? Let's say you uh, somebody said, I know this woman, Anne, she's totally hot, but she is kind of a liberal Democrat. Would you still make the phone call? Hotness tops everything. Yeah, that's for guys. That's see, that's the yeah, guy thing. Absolutely, there's a double standard there. No, you know, I think I think Republicans are much more open-minded. Mm-hmm. So they're open to all parties. They're open to oh, all. Oh dear touch. God! So, <laughs> Here we go. God, here we go. <laughs> that was he was just throwing some chum on the water there. Yes, I think, just to we love to do that. Well, listen, uh, it's so great to talk to you guys, and you sound like you're having a lot of fun, uh, and that's the main thing to do in marriage. So uh, thanks for uh, talking to me today. Yeah, well, thank you, Colin. Absolutely. Appreciate it. All right, that's Ann Renolson and Don Weinbach, and we'll be back with more. Break my heart. So if you go for oysters and I go for oysters, I'll order oysters and council oysters. For we know we need each other so we Better call the calling of all. Let's call the whole thing off. This is our conversation about purple marriages. That's a marriage where one person is a Democrat, the other is a Republican. Um, we'd be happy to hear from you uh, either about your purple marriage. We have Christian on a cell phone we're going to get to in just a second here. Uh, or you may have some questions for April and Otis about how they do it. You may tweet us at WNPR Colin. Uh, Cynthia Farrar is the person who's uh, been uh, producing uh, a, uh, a video. Would, would you call this a video documentary? What do we call the project now? I know you're there's sort of a next level, right, a TV show? Well, originally when I had this idea, I was hoping for a series yeah. either on television or online. But for the moment, was only able to produce a short online documentary composite that ran on with five couples that ran on the Wall Street Journal during the inauguration. But actually some people have suggested to me that we should do something like do you know the British series Seven Up, Fourteen Up? Yes, yeah, yeah the Michael Apted thing. Yeah, mm, that'd be terrific. Should come back four years from now. I don't now. see why April and Otis can't have their own show anyway. Um, <laughs> no, <and laughs> I would totally watch it. <laughs> um, but but okay, so you set out to sort of meet these people, and I don't know if study is quite the right word, but you were really interested in the dynamics of, of these kinds of couples. Mm-hmm. Um, did the couples you meet did they conform to your initial expectations, or, or how did they surprise you? Well. First of all, I, I looked for them online primarily mm-hmm. yeah. as well as word of mouth. Yeah. Um, so, in fact, I had never met April and Otis except uh, remotely uh, until this very day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, a couple of things surprised me. I mean, I expected that there would be more female Democrats. Mm-hmm. But just how lopsided it was was a little surprising to me. So, so I only had— So April's one of the outliers then. She is. Yeah. So I, they're out of 35 couples that I— you know, learn something about only five Republican women. Secondly, there were many more second marriages mm-hmm. than in the in the regular population. So I think that's interesting because what you're, you know, how you think about yourself in relation to the first person you marry um, might be different than 
than the second. And I also, I mean, I'm interested to know if you, I mean, first of all, we, you've, those of, we've heard April and Otis, they're both funny people, and they got good sense of humor. You just heard Don and Ann, they're funny people mm-hmm. too. And now I'm starting to wonder whether their sense of humor is sort of mandatory equipment for this. Yeah, it, that might be. And that only came out once they started capturing footage of themselves. Um, I mean, obviously, that's important to come through in a video or mm-hmm. on a radio show. Um, but so I was probably you know, selecting for those kinds of folks in any case. But, um, yeah. I so um, I, I want to go back to April's term uh, foundationally because uh, foundational, I think it's a really interesting word. And, and I think it also we'll get to Christian on the cell phone in just two seconds here. But I just want to come back to you guys for a second about this, because I think it also gets to the whole question of where we get our political beliefs from. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a Republican. He's a Democrat. But that's, those are just labels. Those are just kind of words. So so when we get past that word Republican, if I'm talking about you, and I say Republican, what do I really mean when I'm talking about you and I say Republican? And where does that come from for you? Uh, when you're talking about me and you're, and you're saying the word Republican and you, and you mentioned foundationally, mm-hmm. what you're really saying is that I, the core, believe that there should be as little government involvement as possible when dealing with our issues. Um, we hire our politicians to do certain jobs for us. And there are other jobs that we within the community can bond together and do ourselves. I also believe specifically in a lot of parental involvement, a lot of community involvement, a lot of uh, efforts for us to resolve a lot of issues that are being squabbled about basically within our own communities. And um, specifically in the black community, we've had to do that for so many generations, and it worked really well for us. And for some reason, we kind of moved away from that uh, over the few, uh, over the last 40, 50 years. We've moved further away from working within our community, building up our schools, building up our youth. And when you say that about me, that's what you're saying. You're saying, I believe in those things fundamentally. Okay. I believe in a lot of self-responsibility. And, and just also, just real quickly, where does that where did you get that? In other words, where are those the values that your parents handed to you? Yeah, Grandpa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my grandfather actually is Republican. He yes, yes, he's Republican. Ironically, right? Yeah. And you will often find that a lot of people who've had military involvement tend to be mm. Republican-leaning. And it just so happens that my grandfather was in the military. Most of the men in my family were in the military. Um, all of, In fact, uh, I have seven uncles and aunts. All of them have gone to college. I have 30-something cousins. All of us have attended college. So we're third generation college graduates in America as black people. That didn't, you don't hear that very often. So I come from a family that's seen a lot of what most people have said you can't do when you put a lot of, a lot of extra effort in. I've seen that you can. I've seen that those possibilities are there. So I'm coming from a slant that a lot of people have not experienced. On my end, what I'd like to do is to show that those those uh, scenarios are not only possible, but they're accessible to everyone else. And it, I think we just differ in how we make that accessible for more people. Well, Otis, let's do the same thing. Let's say there's no such word as Democrat. Okay. Explain who you are without using that word. Well, I grew up, my upbringing was growing up, I grew up on in Chicago. Mm. And basically, I grew up where politics was everything. Where um, I used to tell, I used to tell people you couldn't get a job as dog catcher unless you knew somebody. So I grew up knowing and basically leaning on government 
and the fact that, you know, how you got your summer job, how you, the people you talk to, the people mm -hmm. you interact with, everything was based upon uh, the government, everything was based on the city council, everything was based on your uh, county commissioner or your um, committeeman or your alderman. And so, and so I grew up with that, um, basically with that look into politics for, looking for politics, looking for your, um, you know, your representatives also to help you as far as your endeavor and to be a part of the process in moving yourself forward, even though you did things on your own, but you still look to that politician or look to that process to be an extra addition to help you move along is where I grew up. And my mother was uh, involved in politics heavily. I mean, I grew up, you know, you know, protesting, you know, since I was like 10 years old. My mother had me knocking on, knocking on doors of Democrats when I was 10 years old. So, so I grew up, you know, being part of that democratic process. All right, so it's it's in the blood for both of you. I mean, it's oh, really uh, purple it's marriage in is in the, in the blood. My grandmother was <laughs> oh she was oh she and was my grandfather's okay. Republican. So, you've done this so this yeah, this I've done this before. We've done this before. All right, <laughs> let's hear from Christian on his cell phone. Hi, Christian. I just want to say I love the show, despite our political differences. I enjoy listening to it as right. late as I can. I'm in a purple marriage, and yeah. uh, my wife is a Democrat, and she's fairly liberal. I'm kind of a moderate Republican. I definitely don't fit into the traditional box and. You know, as they told uh, the screener, I thought about you know changing my affiliation to centrist party or a modern Whig party, but um, you know we have in terms of like foundational values, we have a lot of similar you know outlooks on education and how we're parenting our child. We have a system of old fun, so I mean, it works well. Uh, interestingly enough, she actually my in-laws are a purple marriage as well, and I know mm -hmm. my father-in-law is a bit more to the right of me. He's been uh, you know. Sometimes get a little more frantic about uh, about his issues, but you know, I just wanted to say, especially with regard to marriage, I couldn't imagine not marrying someone because of their political beliefs. That that just is a it's a foreign concept to me. All right, well, that's great. I mean, I, I I'm you know the more that I think about this, the other thing that I, I guess I think about is sort of how. There's sort of politics and then there's kind of style that goes along with politics. So there's like an assumption probably that you're a Republican. So I don't know. You like hunting. You like guns. You like Clint Eastwood movies. You mm -hmm. like, you know, and you're a Democrat. So you like Woody Hunting Allen trees. movies Woody Allen. and <laughs> natural fibers <laughs> and you eat more vegetables. than I don't know. It, uh, so. What did, what did you find stylistically or personally? What are the things, what are the places that you guys really connect? I'm looking at you, Otis. <laughs> Either one of you can answer. Well, I, I, I think we connect, like she said, on uh, basic values. Like, you know, like the gentleman was saying, as far as, as, far as education, as far as, um, you know, upbringing, as far as faith, you know, as far as values. I mean, the core values are, are basically the same between us. Hmm. It's just a matter of... It's just a matter of how society, you know, deals with those values and how we move those values in a way in which society can uh, build on them that we differ. As as she said, she grew up with, you know, you know, more of more of a, you know, I look at myself, I look what I'm doing, to where me, I grew up more of a town, this is us forming together and um looking at the political process more. So I think it goes to how we get there, not what we want. I, I would assume, though, that 
the past two elections would be pretty, the presidential elections would be pretty difficult, particularly for an African-American purple couple. So you got, I mean, the last election cycle, you got Obama running against Romney. I would assume, I mean, first of all, it's just in the news. It's in front of you every day. It's all, the whole country is just talking about this stuff. And, and you guys want, very, you may have the same value sets, so, so, but you want very different outcomes which for a lot of people, it's almost impossible to reconcile the idea that you can have similar value sets, mm-hmm. and yet you'd think the country's better off with Obama, you think it's better off with Romney. But what, what was this last election cycle like for you? It was even more difficult because not only did we feel that way, but we were working towards those goals. We were, we were on the opposite ends. He was <laughs> working to support the Obama campaign, and I was contributing to make sure that uh, Mitt Romney could have as much influence as possible. Um, so it, it, it became very difficult for us. I mean, we had some arguments, some knockdown drag outs about simple things like um, who was better qualified and whether or not it was a both of them are Ivy League educated. Why are we looking at them differently? And then then it goes into, well, this one had to work harder. Well, who says they had to work harder when, when you got there? So, it, I mean, it got so nasty. I left him in the snow and went into Barnes and Noble <laughs> and said, well, you can have this. You can stay right there with your Obama tag and stand right there in 32 degrees. I'm going to have some coffee. <laughs> And talk to me when you get some sense. Do, do you want to say some more about that? I mean, how, how did that go for you? How well, was it having a Romney supporter in the House? Well, it was it was it, it was kind of difficult to be honest because um, these um, totally different viewpoints would come up, and she would and she would talk about it from you know, like the Romney point of view, and I would say there is no way you can believe that. You know, there is no way. How can you believe? You know, this. You know, I can't think of a specific specific point. You can talk about the argument we oh, had yeah. about, oh, yeah. the, about the, ar- the argument we had was education. was basically yeah. about qualification. She, I, she was saying they both came from Harvard. You know, so they're the same. And I was saying they're not the same. And I was saying how Romney got there with the silver spoon on paper. Rom- Romney, on pa- Rom- I'm just saying on paper. See, see, there she goes again. On paper. <laughs> see, there she goes again. Romney on and, paper. And, I didn't say character. I just said on paper. And I, and I was saying how Romney got there because you know his dad was governor. He at this easy road. You're saying Romney was born on third base, and well, Obama hit a triple. Exactly, exactly. Obama was born. Obama was born in home plate, and Romney was at. Was I'm at, sorry, I'm playing w- that fiddle. Was at third base. So my view was Obama had to work harder to get there. Oh, yeah. Good for him. He still got there. With, I mean, yay. <laughs> you know, Cynthia. Um, not not that I want to put a pin back in this grenade <laughs> or anything like that, but. Um, Cynthia, you know, for me, what Otis has said uh, a couple of sentences ago is I think it's the hardest thing for those of us on the outside to figure out that he and April have basically pretty similar core values. April said the same thing earlier in the conversation. And so I I look at that and I, I sort of say, well, how can you have similar core values and then want something as radically different as you know, as as the outcomes of some of these elections turn out to be. I don't know. Did you get any closer to unlocking the mystery of this, how people can basically feel like they're on the same page in certain ways and yet want, to my way of thinking anyway, drastically different outcomes in history-altering events? No, and that remained a, <laughs> it remains a puzzle to me. I would only say this, and this was one thing that I also found surprising, and we ended up making it the core of this five-minute video, which is that all of these couples were wrestling with the idea that they had to reinterpret the other side's position in such a way that they could continue to see their spouse as caring, Mm -hmm. as not selfish, as compassionate, as open-minded in certain ways, as Don joked about earlier, 
And that required a sort of um, uh, wrestling with, you know, I, I need to see you as having basically the character that I respect mm-hmm. and the basic values that I respect. And actually, I think that's one of the things that's so interesting here is because elected officials start from another place altogether. In a way, they're playing by the numbers, as mm-hmm. you asked um, Don and Ann about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a Republican. You get this rating from the conservatives. You know, you're a Democrat. And we don't even get to the point of saying, well, look, maybe I should start from the premise that you, too, are a caring person and you care about the country. And, and then how could you have these views? And I think that would be a productive conversation. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in some ways what you're saying is if, if there's a hope for a pretty divided country, it's there might be lessons in your marriage uh, and the other marriages in this project because mm-hmm. you start out loving one another and then kind of have to pull the other stuff into line. Mm-hmm. We've got a bunch of calls coming in here. Let me just uh, uh, grab uh, Janice here in Wallingford. Hi, Janice. You're on the air. Um, a, a couple of things. My deceased husband was a Democrat, and uh, I until recently was a Republican. I've gone independent since then. Um, first, I think my husband was more surprised he was marrying a lawyer as opposed to a Republican. <laughs> um, and I was more surprised I was marrying a redhead in a, with a beard than I was a Democrat. Um, but I think w- when it comes down to the relationships, I have a dining room table test that when you're sitting at the dining room table having a conversation about what's really going on in your own life, you need to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you might actually disagree as to how you get there or, you know, issues in a broader scheme, that's fine. But you need to be on the same page as to where your ultimate decisions are going to be on your life. Um, and, and frankly, that, my dining room test applies to why I used to be a Republican, and that is I felt decisions made farther, the farther away a decision was made from my dining room table that affected my life, the more likely it was to be the wrong decision. Um, so I thought that's why I was Republican. And, and when you say decisions about where your life is going, or I mean, what kind of decision do you mean? I, I mean, even my day-to-day decisions, um, you know, for one thing, you know, children. Um, you know, although my husband was very liberal, when it came to kids, he actually had a very a far more conservative view than even I did as a conservative Republican. Um, you know, those issues where, you know, politics somehow are, are somehow get into the conversation, but the bottom line is you need to have a, a basic understanding as to where you're going um, in the end, and how you get there is sometimes is not necessarily the important thing. I mean, if you, you know, if a Democrat argues it should be one way and a Republican thinks it should happen another, and that's why nothing, there's no compromise in Washington anymore. Um, but marriage, that's what marriage is about. You figure out how you need, you know, your common goals and, and how you get there. And you can argue how you get there, but in the end, you want to be in the same place. You know, I want to just go back. I want to jump on something that she said. Thank you so much for that, Janice, by the way. And, and just go back to you guys for a second here. Because, you know, there's because uh, she was saying that, well, in some ways he was more conservative in terms of raising kids or something like that. And that's interesting because liberal and conservative are words that get used a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And and so conservative sometimes mean, means I want to do the same thing over and over again. I don't ever want to have pesto with turkey at Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, I don't, you know. Um, and, and liberal could mean I want to try a lot of new things. Uh, and as she's suggesting in terms of being a disciplinarian, maybe a conservative. I don't know. Are there ways, Otis, that you're conservative? Um, yeah, very much so. I mean, 
I'm conservative in you know my faith, my Catholic upbringing. I'm very conservative in that way. I'm very conservative when it comes to uh, you know raising, like she said, in raising kids. I'm very you know firm about what they can and cannot do. So I I think in those two points, I'm probably very conservative. And, and are there ways that you're liberal? Um, no. <laughs> I, I, I consider myself a, a little more moderate, mm-hmm. but no. We, you like to try new things? We don't put the L word on. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, do you like to try new things? I, I, I do, but I don't consider that. No, she doesn't. Totally, no, no. We, <laughs> no, 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 she doesn't. Yeah, All right. No. All right. But so. uh, we, there was, uh, to, to uh, you all's point, with uh, discussing how politics is within the country, and we're talking about liberals and, and Democrats and how we perceive them. Otis and I talk about this very often. There's a lot of confirmation bias that goes on when, we're, when you start talking about it. Where we're, we're looking for certain things. We've been taught that conservative means this, liberal means that. And we're looking for things to confirm that that's what it is. We have to set expectation. If it, if it doesn't resemble that, then it, it can't be that. Mm-hmm. When the truth is, it's a spectrum. You know, they're, they're, and there's certain people who you know, run along the Jesse Holmes line, and mm-hmm. then you have me. <laughs> and then you have, you know, the tree hugger, yeah. and then you have Otis. All right. <laughs> That's the continuum right there. That's the All right. We're and everyone take, in between. We're going to take a real quick break here. We're going to meet a, a different kind of couple when we come back from this. Here we go. Today's show was produced by me. Well, technically, it was really me. I did most of the work. You were too busy listening to Rush Limbaugh. The point is, it was produced by me, Patrick Scahill, and Betsy Kaplan, with help from Heather Brandon. The part of Bill Curry was played by Ann Coulter. And now, back to Colin. I also want to uh, introduce the the last little bit of this conversation. Uh, Maria Pyre is a Lutheran oncology nurse. Her husband, Mike Bixby, is a fourth-grade public school teacher. Uh, You may have heard them on Morning Edition uh, maybe about a month ago uh, because she is, uh, as I just suggested, a Lutheran, and and more than just a Lutheran, uh, an assisting minister uh, in some cases within Lutheranism. He's an atheist. First of all, welcome to our show. Thank you. Okay. Good afternoon. Hi, Maria. Hi, Mike. So, Maria, you've you might have heard the tail end of our conversation about politics. You guys are dealing with something very different from politics, and you're dealing with something different from our conventional notion of a mixed marriage, too. You know, we think of a mixed marriage, and that usually means one faith system and another faith system: uh, Jewish people marrying Catholic people, something along those lines. You, you guys, uh, that's Cynthia, as it turns out. Uh, you guys are are dealing with something else. One person believing in a in a God and participating actively in a religion, and the other one not. Is do you think that's easier or harder? I suppose it's hard and difficult to know about anybody else's reality. But do you think that's easier or harder than the Republican Democrat stuff we've been talking about here? It's easier being married to a Lutheran than it would be to somebody than to a Romney supporter for me. <laughs> okay. So, and so politically, you guys are on the same page. When, Maria, when did you f- realize that Mike was an atheist? Um, I think as we were planning our wedding, um, you know, that was kind of when it came most to a head. He hadn't been secretive about um, not being a believer. We had met at church 31 years ago because my dad was pastor. His dad was president of Con- 
congregation. So, you know, the context of our of our meeting was, you know, a spiritual or religious context. So, um, so that you know that kind of put me thinking when we got reconnected that we were still maybe similarly um, um, leaning. But you know, once we got back together, once we got together, it didn't really matter. Um, what his faith was or lack of faith was, because it was him. Hmm. And, you know, um, Mike, you know, with April and Otis, I got the f- get the feeling that, uh, I don't know if it comes up every single day, but does it come up every single day, your political differences, or only if there's a campaign going? It comes up every single day. <laughs> it okay. really does. And, and, we, we talk about politics every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm wondering, Mike, for you guys, does it come up every day, the fact that you have this particular difference, or does it just c- come up when it comes up? No, it's not an everyday thing. It's, yeah, I mean, it comes up as it comes up. When it, I guess, holidays are a big time. When um, she's working, when she's working as an assistant minister. But I guess for us, it's more a matter of we're coming, starting off at different points, but we're ending up in very similar, in a very similar area. And and Maria, since you guys appeared on Morning Edition, since you, your story got carried by NPR, have you been? hearing from other people about this, from, from other people who are in similar kinds of marriages? Yes, absolutely. Um, my cousin married an atheist, and she had been a very kind of fundamental Christian, and so she really appreciated um, hearing what we had to say. My best friend is an atheist, and she's just thrilled that this is actually being spoken about. Um, I, I was actually surprised at the level of kind of touching people that the uh, that the interview had, that the piece had. And, and you know, let me just follow that up, Maria. I, I think, you know, atheist is one of these words that I think it's almost scary to some people. It almost, it yeah. sounds scary. And and so, yeah. I don't know, when you, when you said to fellow Lutherans, oh, yeah, the guy I'm married to is an atheist, or do people, some people just kind of recoil in horror? You know, one person I work with who's, again, um, kind of on the fundamentalist Christian level of things, said he felt sorry for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't feel sorry for myself at all. I don't feel sorry for Mike. You know, I, I think we're in a very fortunate place to be able to do this together. And so the response, certainly, like you say, atheist is a very um, button-pushing word. And I think the fact that it's being said on public radio is good for atheism. I mean, I think it's good for um, the opportunity to have this kind of discussion, because it is kind of a the word that you whisper about somebody, you know? Right. He's an atheist. Um, and, and so, just real quickly, because uh, we're running out of time, Mike, you know, we've been listening to um, April and Otis and, and one of the other couples here sort of give us sort of a sense of, you know, how they deal with all this and the whole idea of kind of listening to one another and and kind of assuming the best about one another. I assume this is the same in your marriage, that if you are constantly reminding uh, Maria that as far as you're concerned, a lot of this stuff is superstition uh, or something like that, things wouldn't go that well. I mean, I assume you have to find a way to kind of listen and understand that she believes something that you don't believe. Yeah, I think that's what the key for us is, is we have a shared value system. Our purpose in life is to serve other people and somehow make this a better world for the people that we come into contact with. And, you know, that's where the whole atheism thing, you know, that whole button-pushing thing gets a little bit annoying because um, 
that assumption that, well, you don't believe anything, so everything's fine and nothing matters. It's that we have a shared value system. And for me, it's an intrinsic source. It comes from myself, from Maria. It's an extrinsic source. I get it. And I, I get that. Hey, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. We are, we're going to have to wrap this up. You guys are great, though, and thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Cynthia Farrar has been here. She and I will be producing the April and Otis reality TV series, <laughs> which will be launching on TLC in a year or so. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I think we're sitting on a gold mine right here. I don't know why we're sitting here on public radio talking to one another. Uh, we can make a lot of money. Thanks especially to April Shines and Otis Dancy for making the trip here. I'm Kion Wolf. I'm Kion Wolf. No, no, we're not doing this. This is what everyone expects. What are you afraid that we're going to be like too, too predictable? predictable? Oh, I love you. I love you too.